Welcome to this B-side of Breast Cancer is Boring. Lauren is out this week, so I just lost half of you. But if you're sticking around, um, I am not going to talk about breast cancer. It's a B-side, so we take a break. What I am going to be talking about is Rebecca. And if you don't know about Rebecca, you're going to want to know. To set the stage... I was reintroduced to my love of Rebecca through Netflix releasing the new version of Persuasion. Persuasion is a Jane Austen novel. It is my favorite. It's my secret favorite. My public favorite Jane Austen novel is Pride and Prejudice. My secret favorite is Persuasion. Anne Elliot is everything, and I love her. And there was a movie. There is a version of Persuasion done in 1997. And it stars Amanda Root as Anne Elliot and Syrian Hines. I really hope that's how you say your name um, as Captain Wentworth. And when I tell you it's a goddamn motherfucking masterpiece of a movie, I mean it. And I have not watched the new Netflix version starring Dakota Johnson? Dakota Johnson. But I can tell you right now, Dakota Johnson is too objectively beautiful to be Anne Elliot. When a woman writes another woman as plain, do not put an absolute gorgeous woman in that role. It is wrong. It's unfair. And it doesn't serve anyone. Anyway, I digress. This reminded me... Because I anticipate hating it. I anticipate hating this new Netflix version of Persuasion. And I'm going to give it a try. And I really hope that I don't hate it. Will it be good as good as this 1997 version in which Phoebe Nichols plays Elizabeth Elliot? To the extent that I can't even describe how impressed I am, and I love her as much as I hate her in that role. It's just, it's masterful. Please go, just stop listening to this and go watch it. Anyway, it reminded me of when Netflix took on Rebecca. And when I watched the Netflix remake of Rebecca, I was so incensed. I was so enraged that I wrote four full pages about it in my journal (laughs) at the time. Pages that I will be reading you today. It will be the only time, I sincerely hope, the only time I will read from my journal on this podcast. But the world needs to know. Also, not to be downplayed is this idea that I have, this theory that I hope someone has given a name where you have so much rage and anger inside of you that it like overflows from things that absolutely do matter into other areas that just do not matter at all. And I find it very cathartic to get so blindly angered at something that does not matter. Just low stakes shit. And is this low-stakes shit? Yes. Does it still make me (laughs) incomprehensibly angry? Yes. And do I want to share that with you right now? Oh, yes. So let me start by saying my first introduction to Rebecca, one of my favorite films 
of all time was when I was, I think, a teenager. I was really into old movies. Old movies was really all I was allowed to watch. Um, grew up evangelical Christian. Just reference any any previous episode to learn about that. She talks about it too much. Um, anyway, Alfred Hitchcock became one of my favorite directors, one of my favorite makers of movies ever. Um, and I watched everything, all of it. Uh, from The Birds to Marnie to Vertigo to Rear Window, like just masterpieces of cinema. And I enjoyed it so much. And I was allowed to enjoy it, which was very important to me at the time. And then I found Rebecca. Rebecca, the 1940 version. It stars Laurence Olivier and Joan Fontaine and not to be dismissed, Judith Anderson. And we'll get to her in a moment. But this cinematic masterpiece, I will just read you the um, tagline, the the quick synopsis from IMDb, which is Internet Movie Database. If you don't know what it is, I am I IMDb everything. Um, but the synopsis that they have is a self-conscious woman juggles adjusting to her new role as an aristocrat's wife and avoiding being intimidated by his first wife's spectral presence. So first off, that's creepy shit right there. <laughs> Spectral presence, like, ooh. Um, it's in black and white, the kind of crisp, clean black and white that I love. It stars Laurence Olivier, Joan Fontaine, and Judith Anderson. I think I already said that. It's amazing. It's an amazing movie. It's a long movie. You can watch it on YouTube right now. It's just enjoyable, and it's haunting, and there are funny parts because it's an old movie. So some of the funny parts are intentional and some are not intentional. But it is so brilliantly acted. Everyone commits. The story is so haunting. It, this movie stayed with me. And I've watched it periodically here and there. And then the movie led me to read the book, Rebecca, by Daphne du Maurier which is an amazing book. Daphne du Maurier, by the way, also wrote The Birds, um, which Alfred Hitchcock also did a movie about. Um, and then I believe Jamaica Inn is one of her works I have not read. Um, by the way, Daphne du Maurier, fascinating woman. Absolutely fascinating. If you watch Rebecca 1940 on YouTube, it will probably prompt you after that to watch this documentary about Daphne du Maurier. Um, it's very clearly done in like the early 2000s slash late 90s. The fashion of the people they are interviewing is not to be missed. <laughs> However, it's a really good documentary about her. And she was just so fascinating and cool and complicated and um, definitely worth the watch. But get you some popcorn, get comfortable, gather your friends around uh, safely if you can. And... Um, Watch Rebecca 1940. And then, once you have done that, promise me, never, under any circumstances, to watch the Netflix remake of Rebecca from 2020. Please promise me. Just please, don't do it. Unless <laughs> you, like me, 
have an overflowing abundance of rage and you don't know where to put it. So the Netflix version came out and I was very hesitant to watch it because I almost knew that I wouldn't like it. It stars Lily James, it stars Army Hammer, and it stars Kristen Scott Thomas. Those are the those are the biggies, the biggins. Um, it's a train wreck. It fails in so, so, so many ways. And I will outline those ways as I read verbatim to you from my journal entry. Let's begin. <laughs> I'm sorry and you're welcome. Uh, this journal entry was written on November 16, 2020 at 12.01 in the afternoon. And with all my journal entries, I do title them. And the title of this journal entry is, What the Fuck, Rebecca? What the fuck did I just watch? Like, what in the actual fuck was that? For context, I just finished, against my better judgment, the Netflix remake of the Alfred Hitchcock classic Rebecca, and to say that they made a mockery of a timeless, faultless, intricate, and utterly beautiful work of cinema would be painting it a bit light. I actually don't know how to end that expression. What I'm trying to say is they ruined it. Just a side note here, I don't know why in my journal entries I write them as though I will be dictating them to strangers on a podcast. I intend, I fully intend to destroy this journal once I'm done with it because it is filled with awful, terrible nonsense um, that I would only ever place here in writing and never digital so that it can never be discovered. And I think that's important for all of us to have a place to put our most terrible, deep, inward, soul-crushing thoughts and feelings and rages and... uh, even maybe some good stuff too, but this for some reason I wrote as though I was writing an article for the Atlantic. So let's let's continue. Um, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> just another side note: um, Lindy West. I am not. Lindy West wrote a book called "Shit Actually," and if you want the best commentary on multiple forms of cinema, multiple movies and series. Um, that you have ever read in your whole entire goddamn life, if you want to laugh until you pee yourself a little, read Lindy West. Shit, actually. Um, I've told you to do so many things other than listen to this, so if you're still here, good on you. Let's continue with my journal entry. To summarize, the original masterpiece, Rebecca, 1940, starring Joan Fontaine as a young, naive, and good-natured woman who falls for Max de Winter. And you have to say it that way, by the way. You have to say Max de Winter. Um, And if you watch the 1940 version of Rebecca, you'll understand why. Anyway, let's continue. Um, Woman who falls for Max de Winter, played by Laurence Olivier, an older but still hot widower with a mysterious air about him. Max takes his new bride home to his sprawling estate, Mandalay. You have to say, sorry, side note, you have to say Manderly that way. So you have to say Max de Winter, and you have to say Manderly. Okay, so he takes her to his sprawling estate, Manderly, he's rich as fuck, where she meets Miss Danvers, the cold, haunting housekeeper, as a new Mrs. de Winter tries to acclimate to her role as wife and head of a prominent estate. She is constantly met with reminders of the first wife's, Rebecca, brilliance, beauty and unattainable accomplishments 
She can't measure up. And even as she tries to be more like Rebecca, Max becomes more cold and distant, and she fears she's losing him to her memory, the memory of a better life with a woman she could never be, could never compete with. Then, as details about Rebecca's death come to light, after the boat she drowned in is discovered and her body brought ashore, this new bride is confronted with a fresh set of horrors as it begins to look as though Maxim, Maxim, that's how you have to say his name if it's spelled Maxim. You have to say Maxim. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so many rules. Um, Maxim may have been involved somehow. When she finally uncovers the truth that Max, and here I really should include a spoiler alert, although if you are reading this journal, please know that A, I better be fucking dead, B, I apologize for nothing as I have never claimed to be a great person, and C, please go watch Rebecca before reading on as it is one of the best movies I have ever seen. Anyway, and here I must also state, you need to watch the movie before continuing. And I know that's not a great... It's not a great thing to say during a podcast to set very specific rules and then tell people to stop listening and go watch Rebecca. But I'm trying to give you a full immersive experience. And the only way for me to do that is to A, have really specific rules and to B, make you watch it beforehand because to explain what a disservice, and that's putting it lightly, that Netflix has done in this remake, I have to give full detail and that includes spoilers so go watch Rebecca the 1940s version and come back um I know I'm giving you a three-hour chore here but do it okay I will continue you have been alerted to the spoilers anyway she finds out Max far from idolizing his dead wife actually hated her and with good reason. She was cruel and false and tortured him. Her death was an accident, although she had hoped to frame him, and she nearly succeeds. The film is a fucking masterclass in moody, haunting, gothic romance horror, and I love it. Now, what Netflix have done to this timeless classic is nothing short of an abomination. They have mishandled and utterly misunderstood the entire point of, the very driving force and spirit of, this entire film and bastardized it to such an extent that I would feel ashamed to put the same title on it as the original, which technically speaking, the 1940s version was not the original, but for the purposes of this rant, we will consider it to be. Firstly, the cast. Army Hammer as Max? No. Too young, too dull, too untouched by life. He looks as though he hasn't suffered a day in his life, and it's impossible to suppress it. Lily James as a new Mrs. De Winter? Fine, I guess. Kristen Scott Thomas as Mrs. Danvers? Perfect. Spot on. It's, it's not the cast. It's the story that serves as the primary disappointment, and right now I cannot take any more disappointment. My beef with this new iteration is chiefly... Number one, the two leads have no chemistry, none. And here I must also, um, I cannot not mention this, um, Army Hammer. Not good in this role, not good at being a human person, in my opinion. And if you need 
anything to support this opinion, if you are interested in yet another chore that I'm giving you, just Google Army Hammy, Army, Army Hammy, <laughs> it's funny, Army Hammer text messages cannibalism. You may draw your own conclusions. Anyway, back to the journal. Number one, the two leads have no chemistry, none. Number two, the changes to the original serve no purpose. Max sleepwalks into Rebecca's room on the reg. Why? He, he, he would have avoided that place like the plague. B, the manner of Rebecca's death. Did he shoot her? If so, what? Why? How does that serve the story? C, they retrieve Rebecca's body, clearly a skeleton, from the sunken ship. And then later, the sister's husband is like, same color hair and everything. What hair? It's a skeleton. D, the, the continuation of the ball after she comes down in that costume. What for? We learn nothing new. We get no character building. All we get is Lily James. Um, okay, so here I must digress again. In the movie... And in the 1940s version, it's like a, it's a very significant moment. Mrs. De Winter is talked into wearing this costume to, it's a costume ball. She's talked into wearing this costume um, by Mrs. Danvers, who is trying to sabotage her to l look like one of uh, these paintings of the of the De Winter family. So she dresses up like that. Well, little does she know that Rebecca wore the same costume to the previous costume ball that apparently happens every year at Manderley because rich people have weird parties. Um, anyway, Max turns around and she looks just like Rebecca. And of course, at this point, we don't know about Rebecca. We think that she's still like this, you know, unattainable goal and not this hated, cruel, terrible woman. Um, and she looks just like Rebecca. And of course, Max is horrified. Anyway, after that, in the 1940 version, the ball ends. It just, she doesn't come back down. Like, uh, oh, because uh, the ship, the ship wrecks on the shore. That's what interrupts the, the party. And that's what kind of starts all this, like, horrible things. Anyway, in the Netflix version, I'll continue in the, in the journal to explain that. All we get is Lily James in the ugliest nightdress for the next 20 minutes picked out for her by the only other woman who does not wish her harm and yet she puts her in a moo to attend her own ball what a little ham-fisted withdrawing the obvious contrast don't you think so for whatever reason netflix decides to put lily james in this disgusting dress to attend her own ball i think it's max's sister who puts her in that dress and it's like yeah of course we want to show that this woman is dowdy a bit you know it's kind of one of the things she's naive she's young she's she doesn't know how to dress and rebecca was a grown-ass woman with beautiful looks and and only the finest dresses and and lingerie and all of it and but like it's so obvious, so wrong. It's so obvious, and in like twenty minutes of that, we don't need it. We don't need it. It's dumb. I hate that fucking dress that they put her in. It's it's just I don't understand it. I don't understand the move. It's like <sighs> subtlety. I don't know. E the transformation of Mrs. De Winter from a shy, awkward girl to a woman all her own is supposed to be accomplished with one smart looking tweed suit 
I'm sorry, no. If you can't spend more time than that building this character, then what's the whole thing supposed to be about? Again, they place her in one outfit to say she is dowdy and doesn't know how to dress. And then what is supposed to be a more subtle build to a fully developed woman is replaced in this Netflix version by a tweed suit. I'm disgusted. It's lazy writing. F, Cousin Jack and the bribe fucking unnecessary and totally out of character for Max. By the way, we're supposed to like Max independent of his new wife's love for him and even more so for the suffering he endures from his first wife's cruelty. To paint him here as a murderer who does what it takes to get out of the consequences for that act is rather to cut at every potential for rooting for him. Now, here I will say, since writing this journal entry, I have remembered something I may have suppressed that the book by Daphne du Maurier it differs from the 1940 version of Rebecca and some choices were made in the 1940 version of Rebecca to make it more palatable to audiences is Netflix trying to stay more true to the book maybe do they succeed in any comprehensible way to improve or to pay homage to what Daphne du Maurier's masterpiece is about? No. No. Um, going on. Yeah. Yeah. Can't root for him anymore, even, even if we were. So, G. And that goes double for young Mrs. de Winter. Her fundamental belief in the goodness and innocence of her husband is central to us caring for both of them. Having her sneak around, stealing medical reports, and hiding evidence for a murder of what she believes at the time to be a pregnant woman makes her a desperate criminal, not a woman of conviction in love with an ill-used man. H, Mrs. Danvers, should have died in that fire. The image of her in that window in the West Wing, flames behind her, eyes wild, is iconic. And I suppose I should be grateful they didn't even attempt to reproduce it. But the sheer ridiculousness going on all the way to the boathouse, a structure that means nothing to her, just to set it on fire and then decide death by drowning would be more poetic, give me a break. For why? So we can get a final speech that just restates everything we already know, plus a throwaway line meant to non-committally imply she and Rebecca were lovers? We needed that as much as we needed these scenes of Danvers pretending to be friends with Mrs. Dwinda. Worthless, pointless, and clumsy. How dare they do Danvers like that? By the way, to shoehorn queerness into a work as a way to just be like, look, we had this throwaway line of queerness is akin to the Star Trek, I'm sorry, not the Star Trek universe, they've done a lovely job, the Star Wars universe having a gay couple kiss well in the background and being like, look, we've done it, we're progressive. Fuck off. Fuck off. Make queer romance movies. Have queer people make them, starring queer people, doing queer people shit. Fire Island. Check it out. It's fa it's, it is objectively one of the best adaptations of Pride and Prejudice I have ever seen. Stop trying to tick a box and shoehorn queerness just because you can't be bothered to actually pay attention 
and put people in positions where they can produce things that are not just arbitrary. And on to item three. Back to the no chemistry. It's worse than that. Maxim is not a tortured character with a temper. Here, he's just a labile and abusive person. All of the fear of losing the love between them is shouldered by Mrs. DeWinter, and that just makes her dependent in a really sad and unhealthy way. And four, did they even watch the original? It's as though someone with no real love for the movie described it to them from memory, and then they had two days to put a script together, and then they were all just super not into it. This movie feels like it has depression, and after watching it, I think I do too. (laughs) Problematic, dramatic statement. Um, You don't get depression from watching one movie. It's actually a lot more complicated than that, and I apologize. And also, this movie owes me an apology. That's the end of the journal entry. It should be the end of this uh, (laughs) B-side. I've just thrown thrown a lot at you. And all I can say is, if you haven't seen Rebecca, the 1940 Alfred Hitchcock, Joan Fontaine, Laurence Olivier, God, Judith Anderson, just something about Judith Anderson. I, I don't know this woman. I don't think I've seen her in anything else. But the way she plays Mrs. Danvers, even though she is acting against Joan Fontaine, Lawrence Olivia, like powerhouses of the time, she steals the show. She steals that entire movie. That movie is hers. She's amazing. And I need to read more about her and find out what else she's in. You got to watch it. You got to watch her. There's nothing more haunting than her entire performance in that movie. It's amazing. It's amazing. And then watch the documentary about Daphne du Maurier and then try, just try, not to go down a deep, deep literary rabbit hole of all of her other works because I am currently in that hole and it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, And then if you need... So you have so much rage that you need to spend it and you would like to spend it on something that is pretty low stakes, watch the Netflix 2020 version with Lily James and Cough Army, Cough Hammer. Um, it's terrible. It's so bad. And it, it's insulting. I'm insult. I'm offended. I take offense. Uh, and it'll get you good and mad, you know? Spend some of that rage. No use saving it. It's an endlessly renewable resource. (laughs) Well, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. This has been your Breast Cancer is Boring podcast B-side. And we will be back next week or the week after that, whatever our schedules allows, with a brand new episode. Thank you for listening. And yeah, enjoy the show.